Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He alone is worthy. Hallelujah. Let's turn to our scriptures for today. From 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, all the way up to verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, from verse 1 to 7. Let's read. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Wow. Wonderful, beautiful scriptures. What an honor it is to be standing here today to share the word of the Lord with us. I'm truly, truly, truly grateful. I thank the Lord for his continued grace and strength in my life. The privilege of knowing him and serving him. It's so wonderful to know the Lord and to serve him. I also want to thank our senior pastor, Pastor Don, and his wife, Miss Amy, just for the opportunity for me to minister today, to bring the word of the Lord to us. I appreciate my wife and family and my children, just for the support, the prayers. Without them, this would not be as good as it is. Thank you. From the scriptures we have just read, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. He is telling them that he wants them to know about the churches in Macedonia and the grace God has given those churches. These Macedonian churches were in modern-day Greece. Macedonia was a region in the north of Greece, and this is a region that had the cities of Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. Paul was referring to the churches he had planted in these respective cities when he visited them in his second missionary journey. And we can read about this in the book of Acts chapter 16. The reason he was visiting that area is as a result of a vision he had at night while in the seaport of Traus, of a man from Macedonia standing and pleading with him, come over to Macedonia, come over and help us. He had a vision of a man pleading, come over, and so he went and started in the north, in the city of Philippi, and then made his way through Thessalonica, Berea, and then headed south towards Athens and then to Corinth. 
before crossing the Aegean Sea to Ephesus and then made his way back to Jerusalem. The southern region of this area was known as Achaia, Achaia, and that is where the cities of Athens and Corinth were. So in this portion of scripture that we have just read, that was a bit of background, so we are all together. So Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, which was in the south, and telling them about their neighbors in the north, in the northern region of Macedonia. And in verse 1, Paul is talking to them about the grace and telling them about the grace that God has given those churches in Macedonia. In verse 2, we see that this grace was so evident in their lives that despite their severe trials they were facing, which had resulted in extreme poverty, they were still overflowing with joy and had rich generosity. In verse 3, he says that because of this grace upon their lives, they gave even beyond their ability. Wow. I wonder what that looks like. Giving beyond your ability. If you have, let's say, a thousand shillings, what's your ability to give? So if you're going to give beyond your ability, what are you giving? Wow. Wow. That's what the grace of God did for these churches. These churches in Macedonia even pleaded for the opportunity to partake in the privilege of giving. We see this in verse 4. They pleaded with Paul that they wanted to be a part of what was going on. Wow. They were so eager to give. They saw giving as a privilege. This church was definitely experiencing the grace of God over their lives. This grace was demonstrated. It was manifested. It was evident in their giving, in how they gave, their attitude and perspective towards giving. They had a deep revelation about this subject of giving. In verse 7, Paul calls it the grace of giving. According to what Paul is saying here, giving is a grace. To give the way this Macedonian church gave took grace. They gave beyond their ability, as we have already seen. For us to give the way God desires, for us to give the way God wants us to give, will take His grace. What does grace mean? Unmerited divine assistance. Note the word divine assistance, a virtue coming from God, the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. It starts in the heart and then it is reflected in our lives. What is virtue? Power, the power to do something, the capacity to act. Remember when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus' gown, the hem of his garment. He said, virtue has left me. Power has left me. That is what virtue is. It is the power, the capacity to act. So based on this revelation, today I want to minister a word entitled, Renewed in the Grace of Giving. 
renewed in the grace of giving. So let's take a closer look at the church in Macedonia and see what we can learn from them. How can we be renewed in this grace? How do we come to get this grace and excel in it as Paul encouraged the church in Corinth? In verse 5 in the opening scriptures we have read, it says, But they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. And that's where we begin. We begin. The first thing we need to do is give yourself fully to the Lord. We need to give ourselves fully to the Lord, surrendering our lives to Him, allowing Him to truly be Lord in our lives, allowing Him to truly be Lord in the decisions that we make, in the things that we do, in how we think. He needs to be Lord in our lives. It's God's nature to give. So when we give ourselves to Him, we become more and more like Him and acquire His nature in our lives. Psalms 37 and verse 5 says, Give yourselves to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will help you. Wow. How many of us need the help of the Lord? It starts by giving ourselves to Him. Remember we said grace is divine assistance. Assistance, have you seen the connection there? What will he do when we give ourselves to him? He will help us. So as we fully surrender our lives to the Lord, he will help us and he will renew the grace of giving in our lives. Amen? So let's all say, I give myself fully to the Lord. We all know the scriptures in John chapter 3 and verse 16. We can all quote it for God so that he, amen. So here we, that this brings us to our second point. What compelled God to give? God's love is what compelled him to give. So we must be filled with his love in order for us to be renewed in the grace of giving. And this brings us to our second point. Allow the Holy Spirit to pour out God's love into your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to pour out God's love into your heart. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5 says, Not only so, but we also glory in sufferings, because we know that sufferings produce perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given, who has been given to us. The New Living Translation of this in verse 5 says, He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill us with His love. God wants to fill us with His love through the Holy Spirit. When we allow the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with God's love, we begin to see others with His eyes of love. His compassion will begin to move us we will begin seeing the needs of others and a desire will rise up within us to be a part of meeting those needs. We saw how the Macedonian church pleaded with Paul to be allowed the privilege of giving. This is what the grace of God in our lives 
the grace of giving in our lives will do. We will desire to be involved. We will begin to see giving and helping others as a privilege, not something we have been asked to do or being forced to do. But we will be looking for that opportunity to give and to be a part of meeting the needs of others. Giving is indeed a privilege. That's why the scriptures say, it is more blessed to give than to, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Note here in the scriptures we have just read, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, talks about glorying in sufferings. In the midst of our difficult circumstances, we can still have hope. What does glory mean? It means to boast. It means to take glory. The Macedonian church was overflowing with joy. We read that in our opening scriptures. Despite their difficulties, we are all going through different things and situations. But like the Macedonian church, we can rise above that, putting our hope in God, knowing that He will come through for us. So no matter what we are facing, let us allow the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with the love of God, bringing about a renewal in the grace of giving. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 to 20 says, Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, Sing and make music from your hearts to the Lord. Verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is our third point. Let your heart overflow with thanksgiving to God. Let your heart overflow with thanksgiving to God. Verse 20 says, always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything. The foundation of the grace of giving is a grateful heart. Let me say that again. The foundation of the grace of giving is a grateful heart. Psalms 108 and verse 1 says, My heart is confident in you, O God, no wonder I can sing and praise your name with all my heart. My heart is confident in you, O God. No wonder I can sing your praises with all my heart. Referring to our opening scripture, we see in verse 2, the Macedonian churches were overflowing with joy. This joy was not because of their outward circumstances, we saw they were suffering, they were under severe trials and extreme poverty, but it was because of the inner confidence they had in God. A heart that is overflowing with thanksgiving to God is a heart that is confident in God. A heart that is overflowing with thanksgiving to God is a heart that is confident in God. Remember, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, we quote it a lot. It says, God loves a cheerful giver, not a reluctant giver or one who is feeling they're giving under compulsion, but a cheerful giver. 
And so it's been a tough season for all of us. However, we should not allow our circumstances to rob us of this grace of giving. This is a choice we all have to make every day. Will we murmur? Will we complain? Will we look inward and close ourselves up? Or will we put our trust in our God and give him thanks, knowing that he will take care of us and of our needs? Our God is faithful. He will take good care of us. For those who are following us in the readings, today we are reading in, in the book of Matthew. And he says, if you who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how will God not more than that give good things to his children? We are his children and he will take good care of us. He will give us the good things that we need. If we, do not, if we do not trust that God will take care of us and meet our needs, we will struggle in taking care of others and meeting their needs. Let me say that again. If we do not trust that God will take care of us and meet our needs, we will struggle in taking care of others and meeting their needs. Hallelujah. We need to trust that God knows what he is doing. We need to trust that God is able to take care of us. We need to trust that he knows what he is doing. He sees where we are. He understands what we are going through. He sees our needs. And he will take care of us as his children. That will then release us to look and see what others are going through. What others need. What others have need of. And then God can use us as a channel to meet those needs. Hallelujah. Now that we are being renewed in the grace of giving, what next? What do we do? What should we do? From verse 5 in our opening text, it says, After they gave themselves to God, they gave themselves to Paul. Paul says they gave themselves to us. So they gave the Macedonian churches, gave themselves to Paul by the will of God. What does that mean? They partnered with Paul. They partnered with Paul. So that brings us to our first practical step. So what do we do? Number one, partner and get involved. So we are being renewed in the grace of giving. So that what? We can partner and get involved. So give of yourself, of your time. Be available. Be involved. We have the outreach coming, hug a home. Get involved. Cell Sunday is coming up. Be there. Partner with your cell, with your cell members, with your cell leader. Get involved. Amen. This is a wonderful opportunity that we have. Like we said earlier, it is a privilege. What we have been asked to do as a church is a privilege that we get to do. And we are able to be God's hand extended. Wow. Isn't that awesome? That God is going to use us to touch somebody else's life. That somebody's, somebody's eternal destiny could be and possibly will be dependent on what we do in the coming weeks. Amen?
That is a privilege. It's an awesome privilege. So after giving themselves to the Lord and partnering with Paul, this church gave of their substance. Verse 3 and 4 says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. What does that mean? They were not coerced. They were not being pushed. But they gave entirely on their own, looking for the privilege to give. Verse 4 says, they urgently pleaded. It was an urgent plea. It was like, I don't want to get left out. I don't miss this. For us, for the privilege of sharing in the saints, in the service to the saints. Wow. Wouldn't that be awesome if all of us had this kind of an attitude that we are looking for that opportunity? We are, we are, we are urgent. It's, it's an emergency. I must give. I must do something lest I be left out. Wow. So what, what does that mean for us? Exodus chapter 35 and verse 5 says, From whatever you have, take an offering. Whatever you have, it doesn't have to be big or small. It's just from whatever you have. And that's what the wonderful thing about the Lord. It's just from whatever you have. We all have something. No matter how small or how big it is, we all have something that we can give. That makes the playing field level for all of us. So we don't need to look at those who we think have more and say, let them take care of the needs. No. I have a part as well from whatever I have, whatever you have. Amen? So give from whatever you have. It doesn't matter how small or big we all have something we can give. It doesn't matter how big or small. We all have something to give. So give towards meeting the needs of those whom yourself will identify. Like we saw and we've been encouraged. It could be a, something in your pantry, something in your, you already have. It doesn't mean that you need to have cash or money. It doesn't matter. Just from what you have, you can give. Jesus, in Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44, speaking of the poor widow woman's offering in the temple, he said that she had given more than all the others because she had given sacrificially. The Bible says she gave only two small mites. If you look at that in the natural, it's, it's not much. But when Jesus talked about it, he said she had given more than all the others. Wow. That sounds like giving beyond your ability. When, when God's testimony of you is that you've given more than everybody else, wow. That's awesome. So generosity is not a factor of how much you have, but a factor of the grace of giving in your life. Generosity is not a factor of how much you have, but a factor of the grace of giving in your life. Amen? So let us all give ourselves fully to God. We are giving ourselves fully to God, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill our lives and our hearts with His love. 
and we are letting our hearts overflow with thanksgiving to God. So we have the immediate opportunity, as has already been shown, to demonstrate the grace of giving through Haga Home and what we are doing as a church. But even beyond that, it doesn't stop there, even beyond that, into the future, let us excel and be renewed in the grace of giving. Verse 7 of our opening scriptures says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. And what I want us to do as we close this service is take a moment, lift up your hands, and in your own words, just begin to thank the Lord. Let your heart overflow with thanksgiving. Let your heart overflow with thanksgiving to God. Hallelujah. Just begin to say something. Tell God what you are thankful about. He's done so much for us. Lift our praise. With thankful hearts, O oh God, our hearts overflowing with thanksgiving to you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy in our lives. Lord, we ask you that today we would be renewed in this grace of giving. That, Lord, our perspective of giving would be renewed, O oh God, that it would be changed and transformed and see it as an opportunity and a privilege, my Father, to give, O oh God. Lord, we give ourselves fully to you. We surrender our hearts. We surrender our lives to you, O oh God, asking that the Holy Spirit would indeed fill our hearts with your love. Lord, we empty ourselves of all that is us. And Lord, we ask you to fill us with your love, your grace, your compassion, Lord, that we would see with your eyes in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that we would overflow with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Father, that we can partner together ourselves, Lord, and even as a church to see the needs of others met. And Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, you're using us to see the lives of others changed, that the eternal destiny of others can be affected by what we will be doing. Lord, we thank you. We bless you and we honor you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's appreciate the Lord for his goodness and his grace and his mercy in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.